Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you and joining us now to talk Tiger football in the big game this weekend against Tulane. Jonah Dillon from the Commercial Appeal, the Tigers football beat reporter, joins us now. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. And I uh, I had your Twitter page pulled up earlier, and I saw uh, your tweet about the email you got earlier. Uh, ju- they, this is what your tweet said. Just received an email with the subject, Tidal Wave Warning. Was extremely confused until I opened it, and it says, The Green Wave Rolls Over All. And you said, We really need a name for the Memphis-Tulane rivalry. Have you... Had any any uh, any ideas or, or any uh, anybody thrown you any ideas of, of what we should call this rivalry? I haven't yet. So if anyone out there is listening, um, we're still accepting suggestions. Yeah, we're uh, get one. You know, we, we need one. Yeah, right. I mean, like I said, like I said, there. Uh, very confused when you get an email like that. <laughs> no, there were tidal waves uh, on the river, but uh, but yeah, and it's like it's funny. I'm like, I don't think I'm the person that needs that email it's not like i'm affiliated with the university of memphis right <laughs> so oh, it just made me realize it's a big it's a big game and it will be a big game friday night friday the 13th for the tulane greenies coming to town to play memphis and this league goes through tulane right now proud champions of the cotton bowl jonah so this is a good one to judge your program up against yeah this is the one that we've talked about all season right this is the one that's been circled it's the biggest game of the season for memphis uh, Tulane obviously is coming up what was an incredible season last year and Memphis wants all the things that Tulane had last year and, and Tulane is you know they're the number one team they were picked to win the conference again Memphis gets to play them at home which has been that rivalry if it's a rivalry historically has been really good for the home team so Memphis has the advantage there and you know there's a lot of reasons to be excited but but there's no question you know if you want to announce yourself as the contender at the top of the conference you got to beat Tulane and Memphis has that opportunity on Friday. So obviously an off week for the Tigers last week after beating Boise State. But before that win against Boise State, 17 nothing hole they dug themselves in. Since the end of that game and, and up until the start of this week, how much ha- has Ryan Silverfield or, or these players kind of talked about that slow start and really needing to get off to a better start this weekend against Tulane? Yeah, that's one of the things I asked. Ryan Silverfield about in his press conference this morning and, and part of it like he talked about was you know Boise State had a, their first punch of the game and the ball ended up like inside the six inch line yeah. so Memphis was automatically backed up right away but obviously that doesn't explain the whole slow start because it, it went on for a while until Rock Taylor had that big catch in the second quarter that kind of opened things up for Memphis mm-hmm. and and that's something if you look at the games even before the games that Memphis won there were some problems with slow starts the Arkansas State game was a blowout but it didn't get started right away Right. right, so it took some time to get going, and the bottom line, like Ryan Sofield said this morning, is that can't happen against Tulane. Right, you got to play a complete four quarter game, has to start from the beginning, and you have to be locked in if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go beat this team that that is coming in here favored to win. Jonah, for what it's worth, this year I've seen Tulane in person with Ole Miss, and of course with that I've seen Alabama, and I've seen Arkansas, and I've seen Georgia Tech, and I've seen LSU. I think other than Alabama, the second best offensive line uh, moving Ole Miss around has been Tulane. Yeah, and and that game that you saw them against Ole Miss was when Michael Pratt was out, right? So 
Um, that's we'll that's true. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so and they were still competitive in that game right until the end. So that's that's obviously very impressive because we know how important Michael Pratt is to their team and where he stands. You know, both in this conference and you know in the whole country as a quarterback. Renzo Field saying today he thinks you could say he's a top five quarterback in the country. Right. So we know how good he is. Tulane is a team like they're they're a complete team. Like you said, the offensive line is up there with anyone, especially in this conference. And Memphis has its work cut out, right? There, mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of interesting battles. There's going to be a lot of things that have to go Memphis's way. Um, and winning the battle in the trenches is, is where everything starts. If you put Tulane in Arkansas or LSU and Georgia Tech uniforms, except for Alabama, if you put them in, in all those other uniforms, that they look the part. They, I mean, they they have the players. Now, I don't think they are are very, very deep, but I don't think a lot of people are, are, are very deep anymore because, Joan, I think people that can play aren't sitting around at a place to be a backup this year and then play next year and then the following year. They're going somewhere now in, in, with NIL and the portal to play right now. Yeah, and they're, they're a really interesting team. Like We obviously know about the turnaround from two years ago to last year, historic turnaround, right? They won two games in 2021, and then – Last year, they won 12 games. They beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. So it's, it's an incredible turnaround. And obviously, for them, this season, it's about maintaining that level. They lost Ty J. Spears, who's their star running back. But as we talked about, Michael Pratt is back. He's maybe the best player in the conference. And they're set up really well. And we saw they can compete with, with teams at any level, right? They went and beat USC. That game against Ole Miss, without their starting quarterback, they were in it until the end. So... We know the caliber of team that they are, and that's kind of why people are excited about this game because this is the chance for Memphis to prove itself at the highest level you can in this conference. And they get to do it at home. They get to do it on a Friday night on ESPN. And it's really every everything you can ask for in terms of an opportunity to kind of announce yourself on this kind of a stage. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of people thinking this is going to be a close game this weekend. I know the the line opened at I think three for for Tulane. I don't know what it's sitting at right now, but with it being uh, kind of built up as such a close game, obviously uh, kicking could become a uh, a factor in this game. I thought Tanner Gillis has done a, a good job um, in place of the the two kickers in front of him. Have we gotten an update on on those two guys in front of him? Yeah, I asked about it this morning, and the update was both guys, Seth Morgan and Tristan Vandenberg, are day-to-day, um, which is the update that we got before the last game. Oh, wow. So I don't know what we can read into that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a weird situation because, obviously, you know, we found out that Morgan and Vandenberg were out right before the Missouri game. They missed that game, and we didn't know who was going to kick. And Tanner Gillis came in and, and played as well as anybody could have. Right, He made a 43-yard field goal and also handled kickoffs. Um, and then he kicked again against Boise State. So they at least know it's not going to be one of those situations where you have to go for it on fourth down every time, you have to go for two, that kind of a situation. But we still don't know for really the second straight week going into this whole week, we don't know who's going to kick, who's going to do kickoffs. Um, and it'll just depend on how quickly those guys are able to get back. Mm-hmm. Jonah Dillon with us from the Commercial Appeal. He's on the beat covering the Memphis Tigers on Friday night, the biggest game of the year, the biggest game in a long time, arguably the biggest game of the Ryan Silverfield era. Ryan Silverfield looking for 
that first really gigantic win, you know, win that might get the ceremonial Gatorade over him or old school carried off on the shoulders. We don't do that anymore, but I think it would merit it if he won Friday night. Before the break, Jonah, a loss at Mizzou, a win over Boise State. I think I learned more about Seth Hennigan in the loss at Mizzou and the win over Boise State than I had in two and a half years. Yeah. Well, as you know, it's my first year on the beef, so I don't know how much I learned about him in the, in the first two years. But, <laughs> everything's uh, new to you, huh? Yeah, it's that's yeah right. everything's new to me. Even, even I was about to ask you guys about what you said, what you just said about this being the biggest game of Brian Thorfield's tenure. But um, on Seth, I think I, I think it's been up and down, which is kind of what it's been his whole career. And that's not even to say that as a negative thing. Uh, the interceptions have been up a little bit this season, but. It's, it's when he turns it on, like he did against Boise State, then you see how good this offense can be. Mm-hmm. And especially when Blake Watson, you know, the way he's been playing at running back, they have a lot of weapons. Rock Taylor's been kind of emerged as the clear number one receiver now. That was a question mark coming into the season. And I think with the two weeks, uh, you know, to prepare for Tulane, I think Seth is, is prepared for a really good game. I think also all this stuff that he's hearing about Michael Pratt that, that I've just talked about, you know, this, this is a big narrative this week. This guy's coming in here. He's the best quarterback in the conference. I think anyone in that position, if you're the quarterback that this guy's coming to play against, you want to prove yourself, right? And I think that's exactly yeah. where we are this week. And, you know, it's been, it's been one of those seasons where he's made some great plays and he's made some not-so-great plays. And like, like everything we talked about, this game is huge. You have to execute throughout the game. You have to play a really clean game. And Seth is going to have to play probably his best best game of the season if they want to win. Jonah, what's your interaction and, and maybe a consensus that you're, you're getting from around town, from people that know the program a, a, a lot better than I do? Uh, Bryant knows the program a lot better than I do, but from my view, I think it's the biggest. But what's the, what's the feeling you're getting from around town about is this the biggest game in a long time and of the Ryan Silverfield years? I think people are. I mean, I think you, you look at a couple of games against SEC teams, right? And people always keep those in high esteem just because of the level of competition. But, but in terms of like a conference game where you can really prove yourself, I think this is up there. And that's mm-hmm. what I've heard from, from a lot of people, right? Because, and, and this is the opportunity where you get to play this game at home. It comes on a Friday night. It's going to be the game that everybody's talking about or watching on Friday night. And, it's your opportunity with the way the schedule looks the rest of the season. If Memphis wins this game, you suddenly look at the schedule and you say, Memphis is going to be favored in all of the rest of the games. Maybe SMU will see how they're doing at the end of the season, but that game is also in Memphis. So the schedule sets up really, really nicely. If you're Memphis and you're looking at a 2-0 and conference record with a win over Tulane, really you would expect Memphis at that point to be in the AAC championship game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And that's why where this game comes in the season is so important. And, and, and if you win, you have state. Yeah, probably, right? Unless unless something goes wrong, you would think the teams that you're going to be looking up at the rest of the season, you're going to look at SMU, which has a really easy schedule, but has to come play here. Mm-hmm. Tulane, obviously, you would have a win over them, so you would expect to be ahead of them. And then UTSA, which has a more difficult schedule. So I think... I think you really because of like because of the placement of the game, because of where it is, because of where we are in the season. It's just so important for this team the rest of the season. The interest in the program from fans, all that stuff, especially with two road games coming up after this, it feels as important. Certainly, this season it's the most important game. 
Yeah. Uh, Jonah, another thing I'm curious what you've heard from from fans and also what what you think. I've heard a lot of people, both fans and and people in the media, complaining at times of the play calling for this offense. What have you thought uh, of the play calling? And is that something that's been pointed out to you by fans of of them complaining about the play calling at times? Yeah, definitely. Definitely heard that from fans. Uh, I would say complaints are about play calling and about Arguments about attendance at Simmons Bank Liberty uh, Stadium yep, are the top yeah. two things that I, <laughs> that I right. hear the most. Uh, so I'll definitely hear that. I think the thing that, that fans have been frustrated by is the inconsistency, especially like within the game. Like we talked about, it seems like things aren't going well at the beginning of the game and then suddenly it unlocks. And fans are saying, well, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Right. And and to some extent, it makes sense. Like, slow starts, you know, not every team deals with a slow start. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a solution for that. And they have to figure out a way to find it. I mean, that's just the reality. So I think when when you have a three and out or something, then the fans are immediately going to say, okay, well, why didn't you run this player? Why right. did you run the ball in second down? Whatever. Um, so I think, I think that there is some validity there. At the same time, you know, if you win the game, you win the game. And then the fans, you know, should be happy because they sure. won the game. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a complicated one, but... But I definitely do understand it, and I think that's another thing. You know, we talked about this guy has to execute, this guy has to have a good game. Tim Cramsey has to have a good game on Friday calling mm-hmm. the game. I mean, that's just the reality. Like, he has to he has to have as good of a game as anybody else, and if he does, then Tigers are in a position to win. And th- this opponent, this coach, Willie Fritz, just a really sound, fundamental coach. The day I saw him, they had, uh, they had two penalties. They were late in the game. It was a total of 10 yards. It was as innocuous of two penalties as you'll ever have. Uh, uh, very few turnovers. They tackle so soundly. Their route run- running is is almost uh, perfect. It is a sound, sound, well-coached, li- the master of the little things that make one big thing. Th- th- this is a good matchup for Ryan Silverfield uh, against a coach that put in his time, and the Tulane administration stayed patient. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, right, because we know about that turnaround. I've, uh, well, there we go. I mean, I've, I've spent, like, I heard a lot of great things about Tulane earlier today at the press conference, and now I'm hearing all these things from you. So I'm convinced, you know, I'm convinced now. that <laughs> The green wave. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is. They're for keeps. Mm-hmm. I, I think this yeah. is the best team the Tigers have faced this year, and that includes Mizzou. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's hard, you know, whenever you have a team in the group of five and people are saying this team is really good, everyone nationally is kind of like, ah, you know, let's see how they play. Well, we saw Tulane play against USC and we yeah. saw what happened. I mean, we're the size of trophy winner right there and they went and beat him in a shootout. So I don't and, think you and can. Joe, really I, I, we, we were on the air live, right? We, we were on the air live yeah. that, that Monday afternoon, January 2nd. During the closing portion of that game, and both of us pulling very hard for Tulane, we 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 threw all down the middle uh, out out that day. And I said that day in the history of college football, in in big upsets. Uh, now maybe App State when they were still a a, 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 a FCS team, but FBS versus FBS in a bowl game, biggest budget disparity ever was Tulane over USC. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, I always think about, obviously, think, I mean, we just had Boise State in town. We always think about Boise State, Oklahoma, as that kind of historic. That was close. Not, yeah, I, I assume that it was something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, but, it's amazing but, what they've but done. Tulane, they two wins. T- Tulane was about to get rid of football not that long ago. Yeah, no, it's, it's, 
I, you, I mean, I'm sure there's there's a, a million different stats. I think I, I still think you know the, the two wins to the twelve wins is, is the biggest turnaround in college football history. Mm-hmm. So, and it's amazing because we always talk about and there's validity, right? The coaches need time, like like Mike Norvell at Florida State. You know, people were ready to run him out of town a couple of years ago, and now look what he's doing. Yeah. So you say, okay, coaches need time to do this and that, and then you look at Tulane, and obviously that wasn't an overnight thing in terms of Willie Fritz, but like. He just said, out, oh, we won two games the next year, and then we, we're going to win 10 more the next year. You know, I don't think anybody in New Orleans would have believed that before <laughs> before last season. Um, and so, and now we see that, that it wasn't really a flash in the pan. Like, you know, we're expecting them to have a good season. So it, it's really amazing what they've done. And there's still a lot of room for growth if they can continue. I mean, all the things that we've talked about with Memphis in this conference, being able to compete consistently with, with what it looks like now and the teams that have left, Tulane has all those things too, right? Why can't yeah. they be at the top of the conference every year? And, and Ryan Superfield last week stepped up and bought some tickets. Did, did he comment about comment about that today in his availability? Yeah, he talked about a little bit, 2,500 tickets. Um, I believe that they were claimed within a couple hours of wow. that announcement. Good. Um, so that's another thing. I mean, I, I mentioned it before. Attendance is, is a big thing in this city. People like to talk about it. They like to talk about why aren't there more fans? Why are people not sitting on this side of the stadium? Um, all sorts of things. And sometimes it goes way too into the weeds. But this is, you know, this game should have a higher attendance than any other game this season. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how high can that number go is, is a great question because we know how high the number can go when they play an SEC team. But that's sometimes just because they're playing an SEC team. So how much are people in this city going to buy in to how important this game is? and what it means for the rest of the season, what it means for the program, what it means for Ryan Silverfield. We'll see a lot of that um, in how many people show up to the game on Friday. Yeah. I, I hate using this word. I really do, Jonah. So I'm, re- I'm always reluctant to. But I think this football program and this head coach, they deserve support Friday night. Give them a chance. And, and then if, if you go and you're nonplussed by the product, okay. I'm, I'm, I don't want to tell you how to spend your money after that if you didn't like the product. But I think they deserve this shot Friday night. Yeah, well, the thing, the thing about the way that the schedule lines up is, like, after this, there's two more home games, USF and SMU. SMU, at the end of the season, they'll probably have a pretty good record, so maybe that'll be a, a big game. But this is this is the game to go to, right? Like if you're if you're a casual fan, I would think you're going to go to one game this season. Mm-hmm. This is probably the one you want to pick. I mean, it's the biggest game, right? I, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to go to this one? So I think, you know, with all that said, how many people are going to show up? It's hard to say. You know, there were about thirty thousand people there for the Boise State game. Um, you know, Memphis has a win since then, and they've they've built the momentum. You got those twenty five hundred people, right? You got the, the three tickets. They should be there. They should be excited. Uh, you still got those some of those people. Remember that ticket promotion where you keep getting tickets if the Tigers keep winning. Those people are still going, right? Because they haven't lost at home yet. Uh, so it'll be interesting. But but there's every reason why you know people should. If you're going to decide, there's one game to go this season. This is probably the one you're going to pick. And, and Jonah, I, I swear, having been here all my life, I swear, I think the. The, the, our attachment, our almost fixation, our paranoia about ticket sales. How many were there? Was it scanned? Was it real? Was it butts in the seats? Was it just tickets sold? I swear, I think it all goes back that we have almost a survivor 
battered syndrome mentality about all those years, Jonah. We were chasing that fool's gold of an NFL team, and we'd have those goofy preseason games, and we all bought into, you know, we got to buy tickets to get a team. If we don't, they're going to think less of us. I swear I think it's a 70s mentality of trying to get an NFL team here. I can't prove it, but that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Obviously, yeah, obviously that, that's all before my time. But I, but like I said, I've noticed, even the time I've been here, I've noticed that this is something more so than other places I've lived. Like, people are talking about this a lot. Uh, oh, we don't. Like, you know, it's every sport. Yeah. It is. It, 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 it's a, a youth soccer league. How many people were there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It keeps me on my toes during the game because I know <laughs> we're sitting there at the third quarter. Whenever that attendance number comes out, uh, people are going to start. That's that's what we need to talk about. There's oh, a yeah. game going on, but but there's also an attendance number out, and that's <laughs> sometimes it feels like that's more important. So oh, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I'm telling you, it, it, it's it's battered spouse syndrome that we had sure. from the NFL and how the NFL and a lot of real charlatans played us through the years. The Irsays, the Adams, the league itself, the 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 late great Pete Rozelle did. I mean, they they just toyed with us. Well, it also goes back to the, uh, the stadium renovations, right? I mean, it, yes, that, that's still a story that hasn't gone away. That's going to continue mm-hmm. to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that money has not been allocated. And what is, you know, how would that affect attendance, right? If the stadium was much nicer, where more people show up, it's, it's possible, right? Um, you know, they're going to try to move the camera. You know, that's that's another thing. You know, the camera shoots the direction where there aren't a lot of people, mm-hmm. but they're going to try to shoot from the other side, which they did during the USFL season. Because um, that's the other thing is people watch on TV and they say, oh, there's no one at the game, which is kind of not the full story because there's more people on the side where the camera's coming from um, and where the press box is. So there's a lot that goes into it. Sure. And there's a lot, of, like you said, there's a lot of history there with there's reasons why it's such a big deal. But, um, but yeah, it continues. And, and this week is going to be the kind of the inflection point for that, too. Yeah, well, it should be a great game Friday night. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. Let's do this again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonah. Jonah Dillon, the beat writer for uh, the Tiger football team for the Commercial Appeal, joining us to talk about the big game Friday night. Before we get to a break, let me tell you about our sponsor for this hour. They're with us every single afternoon. That's Hewlett and Dunn. Hewlett and Dunn boot and jean on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place, known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, or soft toe, and even rubber boots. Boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, they have you covered. And it's not just the boots. They've got men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, and outerwear, and the best duck head collection that you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or to HewlettDunn.com on the square in Collierville. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback and cool hats you can think of. That's all at Hewlett and Dunn. Whether it be the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got it at Hewlett and Dunn. And for travel, the bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please get out to Collierville, visit, and say hello at 111 Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett 
and done. Let's go ahead and get to a break because when we come back, we've got to get to our Roos Chris Monday Night Football preview and pick. We've also got to get to our top four list for tonight's game between uh, for quarterbacks between the Packers and the Raiders. That's next on Sports Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Monday Night Football, here we go from Sin City in Vegas. It's the Packers visiting Las Vegas to play the Raiders. They don't play very much. The first time they ever met was in Super Bowl II, held in Miami. In Super Bowl II and Super Bowl III, both were in Miami. The only time the Super Bowl's been in the same city in back-to-back years. That will never happen again. Yeah, I can guarantee you. Uh, they, no they, they won't do that. I don't know how a city could could really uh, host it. But Miami did it for two and three, and it was Vince Lombardi's last game as the coach of the Packers. Tonight, the Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Green Bay. Over the weekend, I went four and two in NFL. Brian, you went three and three. In college football, you went one and six. I don't want to talk about and I went And I went six and one. So I, wow, I made a little – I, I made up a, some ground over the weekend. Call it NFL lock. You hit with Philly. NFL shock. You missed barely with Houston. How about that? Jeez. You get a point and a half and they lose by two. That's a sad story. It happens. It? it happens. It really does. I had Detroit as my lock and they got there easily. And I had Rams as my shock and they really weren't that close against Philadelphia. But tonight in Vegas, it is the Raiders hosting the Packers, two two old guard teams. Your pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I have no rhyme or reason for picking the Packers. I'm just going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Packers as well. That'll be group lock for the NFL, and we hit the only one of the weekends. We both had Jacksonville bright and early in London. On the year in NFL group locks, we're doing pretty well, and it fails me. Oh, eight, eight, we were 8-12 and 12 going in. To this weekend, and we're already one and oh, so nine and twelve. Like That's better than we've been in the past on yeah. on group lock. So we both ha- have the Packers night. I have the Packers winning twenty one to fourteen tonight in that game. We're going to do all time quarterbacks, and we're going to combine them. We're going to do the big four all time between Raiders, where have they been? Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, or in Vegas against the Packers, and you can start. I will start. Um, I'm going to start with uh, with number four, uh, Arnie Herber uh, from uh, from the way back in the day for the Packers. Hey, Caesars, I mean, what a what a guy. Let's see. That I, was the Bumblebee. Uh, that's the Steelers, but that was the crazy uniform right. from the day. That's right. I pulled up his stats. Great Scott, just Arnie Herber. Uh, just to make sure. Harbor he, or Herber? I'm not uh, sure. 
I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, okay. Not only did he play quarterback, he was also uh, the tailback <laughs> no and guard. defensive back for the team. <laughs> so a, a, a multiple position player, old Arnie, was uh, his highest uh, throwing uh, yards per uh, in a season was 1,239 yards. Had 11 throwing touchdowns that year. Arnie cracks my list at number four. Number three, Bart Starr. How could you not have a list including the Packers without having Bart Starr on it? Too low, Too maybe. low for you. Number two, Brett Favre. Again, how do you have a Packers list without having the old gunslinger on it? One now, of my now, hold it. You were supposed to combine them. You were supposed to do Raiders and Packers tonight. It, it all in one. Oh, Brett, I know. Oh, I see. Okay. Number two, Brett Favre. I, one of my favorite players of all time. Okay. I love watching Brett Favre. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. You have zero Raiders? I have zero Raiders, Brett. No Rich Gannon? No. No Daryl LaMonica? No. No George Blanda? No. No... Uh, the brothers, uh, one of the brothers' car. Negative. I do not. No snake stabler. No, no snake. No Mark Wilson. No Jay Schrader. Uh, do it in Lambo. You know. Zero Raiders. Zero Raiders. Do it in Lambo, and then I'll put you on the list. Number four for me, and he could have done it anywhere. Kenny the Snake Stabler. Number four. Number three, Brett Favre. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. And number one, and I'm serious, Bart Starr. Five championships, three NFL championships, two Super Bowls, Super Bowls one and two, MVP of both of them. And in my very fortunate life, I promise you, it would be in a top five, no doubt top ten of, man, that's Bart Starr, and get to meet him. Really? That's Bart Starr. Wow. It was that big because, you know, when – Super Bowl one was when I was about five or six, and uh-huh. you know the Packers were in in that uh, dynasty run. And our little league football team, we had jerseys, green jerseys, identical to the Green Bay Packers. Really? Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, and, and and just the number on the side of the helmet. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love a helmet with just the number on the side of it. It's that, that my mother and our our best family friend, Miss Frances Plunkett, that they painted the numbers. There, there oh, were wow. forty football helmets in our house, and 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 and, and they they painted awesome. the numbers on the sides oh, of the helmet. That's great. That is great. Now, there I, were just helmets everywhere. Awesome. Kind of like my house is now with all the darn helmets. <laughs> I love it. But you know, for me, my heart in terms of quarterbacks is pretty much split between Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers. And Harney Harper. And, and Harney <laughs> Harper, yes, yes. I'm telling you, I mean, you got to be tough as nails to be a good quarterback up in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, playing at Lambeau Field. So, Stabler, Stabler could have played in Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. He was he, he, he was tough enough. You know, If nothing else, he he, he, he had got drunk and toughed it out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Brett, you're making a case for him to be on my list. I might have to I might have to change my list around and, uh, and put him up there. You know, Brett, I used to hate. Uh, Brett Favre when he was playing, I used to used to dislike him uh, as a player. I thought the uh, retiring and then coming out of retirement every single year yeah, it got real old. was a mess. I thought it was. I, I mean, it made me so mad. Um, but my dad made a good point. He said he's doing it for the old guys like myself coming back and and proving that he can still play. At some point, he proved he cannot play anymore and had to retire. But he, I'm, he, he, 
he just, he just never wanted to go to training camp. No. You say that, but sure. you know, stop all the are you or are you not? The, I always liked him, liked him dueling it out with the Memphis Tigers when he was at Southern oh, Miss. Yeah. And 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 liked him uh, okay, but the night I really fell in love with him on the day on the day he loses his dad, and his dad was a young man. I mean, it was I mean one of those suddenly and unexpectedly, and I I couldn't function the night my dad died like that suddenly unexpectedly. Yeah. He goes out and plays on Monday night football and puts on a show. That's incredible. It, it, it really it really was. You know, John Madden just loved him and. You know, I I, th- I think John Madden would 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 be doing other games and just out of nowhere mention Brett Favre. <laughs> you know, just oh, that's Brett great. Favre looks good. You're not calling a Brett Favre game tonight, no, Madden. No, no, no. That's you know great. what? That's awesome. But 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 he but he he did love him a lot. Tonight's game. Um, I don't think either of these quarterbacks are going to enter into this list someday. But both um, but, but both need a big game tonight. Yeah, they both uh, they both need a big game tonight. What, what have you thought about Jordan Love through through the first four games? Good. I, I don't think it's been his fault. Uh, right. The touchdown to interception ratio is in line. The yardage sure. is there. the The wheels are there. I I, I don't know that this is a, a a great Packer defense. It might be. It might be not so great. Yeah. And and in the same same for the the Raiders now is Garoppolo starting tonight? I believe so, but I'm not positive. Let me look that up. I'm 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 not either on, on the starter tonight, but I, I I think it will will be a a, a lower scoring game because uh, right now the, the firepower is really not there for these offenses, but the defenses aren't great. Either what is the over and under tonight? Oh wow, it's forty five. That's is bigger really? than I thought it was. Wow, yeah. yeah, I might have to take the under in that one. Yeah, that 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 that's a lot. Johnny's doing some research back here on if if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing tonight. Johnny, do we have an answer? Is he playing tonight? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting quarterback tonight. G- Jimmy G tonight, according to Johnny. And if that's wrong, if you sit down, you turn on either the Manning cast or the regular cast, and he's not playing, blame Johnny. Don't blame us. Come on, we're, we're going to play the blame Johnny game yeah. two weeks uh-huh. in on the uh-huh. job here. Hey, Come on, we can't hey, do him like learn that. Learn by now. fire, you know. I mean, you got to learn <laughs> at some point. So we're throwing him into the fire early. That's our look at Monday Night Football and our pick and our big four quarterbacks. It's brought to you every week by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether it's date night, a birthday, after a big win, or just because, raise a steak in celebration. At Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in the Regalia Shopping Center, plenty of safe, free parking. You can hear the sizzles now, and that's how celebrating, enjoying Monday night football should be done. Kevin Johnson's the manager. Jared Wells is executive chef. And they want everyone to know right now about holiday party plans. You need to start it now for that perfect event. you got to really plan it right They'll help you. They'll get it done. For any occasion, treat yourself to one of the classic USDA beef steak season and broiled to perfection. Then serve sizzling hot on one of Ruth's signature 500-degree plates. Patented boiling method. Hear the sizzles and enjoy Monday night football. On all the TVs, visit RuthsChris.com to make a reservation and celebrate the right way. Celebrate the Ruth's Chris Memphis way. Let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 
Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Brett, what I learned today is that at this time tomorrow, we'll be watching NHL hockey on ESPN. The first game tomorrow afternoon, uh, puck drop at 4.30 in the afternoon featuring the Nashville Predators. So a regional team on ESPN. to They're second on my list, so maybe. Um, But uh, but it's going to be an exciting day Um, tomorrow. I know, uh, especially here in the South, in this area, hockey isn't a big sport. But I'm telling you, if you're just looking for something to watch on a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, I'm telling you, flip on hockey. You're going to love it. It's a lot of fun, very easy to pick up, and it all starts tomorrow. Seriously, tomorrow, I want you to try to find this out for me. Within, what is the mileage distance between the closest between Memphis and and the closest frozen pond in <laughs> North America. I'll, I will find that for you. Can be I'm tough. I wonder how, how, how north we got to go. I uh, probably, probably might have to go north. south. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what I learned uh, Saturday night is just what a good groove Jackson Dart is in. He continued his great play the last two weeks: 158 plays, 88 against LSU. 70 against Arkansas, no turnovers. Not even a, a near, you know, what are you thinking? What are you seeing type throw? He hadn't thrown uh, anything up for grabs. He's been solid, and it has been zero room for error. If Ole Miss has a single turnover against LSU and one against Arkansas, instead of winning the last two weeks, they'd have lost those games. You're absolutely right, they would have. Uh, what I could have done without is uh, this injury to Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, It looks like he could miss four to six weeks with a sprained AC joint, which might be 
positive news after kind of some of the reporting and thoughts of people that I heard and saw yesterday after the injury. A lot of people thought that it could have been a broken collarbone because of the way he was kind of walking. It was an ugly fall. It was very ugly in the way we they got to get him wearing real shoulder got pads, to. Brian. Got to. And, and the way he would, they, they showed a video of him walking to the locker room. And he just kind of had his, his shoulder kind of sagging and his head was kind of over to the side. It really did look like a broken collarbone, which would have been out way longer. So maybe four to six weeks could be better for him, but uh, this is the now second time he's been with an injury. This is AC joint, uh, a sprained AC joint. The first one was a concussion, so um, definitely a, a rough start to the season for Anthony Richardson. It has nothing to do with what's happened on the field. It's just those injuries that are starting to pile up. I could do without the hot seat talk for Bill Belichick. Mm. Look, they're really bad. It's a bad look, but if anyone is insulated to hot seat talk, He's got to be number one. And if he's not, then nobody ever can can, cl- uh, can kind of cover themselves with what they've done in the past. He trails Don Shula by 17, 18 to break, 17 to tie, and all-time wins for an NFL coach. I don't think he gets there. No, I'm probably with you. It I, looks like three or four yeah. this year, nine or ten next year. Then, you st- then you, you, you're going to need parts of the 25 season. Yeah, no, you are. You're, you're absolutely right. Where are you beaming tonight? Beaming me to Dodger Stadium for Arizona at the Dodgers in game two of the NLDS. Zach Gallen versus Bobby Miller. Diamondbacks looking to go up an unlikely 2-0 in best of five. This would be another October bad look for the Dodgers. Yeah. They got that bogus COVID bubble title, at janky title from 2020. Other than that, nothing since 1988 for championships. Wow, that uh, that actually threw me off of where I was going to beam tonight. Um, but you're right about this game tonight. Really, I don't want to say a pitching ma- uh, a mismatch because I do like Bobby Miller, but you've got a guy that has never been in a playoff atmosphere, MLB playoff atmosphere before, going up against Zach Gallen, who's been there, done that, and has been really solid this year. So, I mean, as much as I love Bobby Miller, this could be a great opportunity for the Diamondbacks to really hop on uh, the Dodgers. We're going to watch the end of this Philly at Atlanta game early. It's Philly up 1-0 over Atlanta. Clayton Kershaw, his ERA was very close to just going into infinity. He did get yeah. one out. It stands at 162. 162 wow. Not 1.62, 162.00, his ERA from Saturday night. That's really bad. Packers in Vegas only played 14 times. First meeting in Super Bowl II, the end of Vince Lombardi's legendary Packer career. How about this for a, a place to beam to tonight? How about beam me to Oklahoma City for the Spurs versus the Thunder in a center Wimby-mania. matchup? Wimby on one side, Chet Holmgren on the other side. Remember, Rookie of the year battle. That's right. Remember when we were, were calling all of these big centers, big skinny centers, unicorns? This might be the ultimate battle of the unicorns tonight. The unicorn versus Wimby. I'm excited about that one. I, I don't watch pre, a lot of preseason basketball, but I'll be watching that one tonight if I can find you it. You watched somewhere. the whole game last night. I did, and I loved every minute of it. Uh, and, Brett, I will tell you, the energy in FedEx Forum late in the game when, when it was uh, getting a little tight, I mean, that was regular season energy. I, I'm told it was a great crowd last night in Ticket sales are just phenomenal. They, they are, and I'm telling you, I mean, 
talking about players being in midseason form, the crowd was in midseason form last night when you were late in that fourth quarter and even into overtime. And, and Jay Morgan pointed out earlier, he was at the game last night, and he was saying, you saw guys diving on the floor for balls. I mean, this wasn't your regular what? preseason pre-season? game. There were guys laying out, trying to go for steals and stuff. So it was, What do they it, think it this is, FIBA World Cup? I, I mean, well... Half those guys just got done playing the FIBA World Cup. So, I mean, (laughs) they might still be in that mood. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. Enjoy the Monday Night Football tonight that you can catch on this station. Pre-game starting at 6.30 with no Rebel Yell tonight. Uh, But enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.